October 6, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Koftet Amud Aleph. If you count down in the wide lines, it's nine lines down, excuse me, 11 lines down, just a few words onto the line, Tanur Rabbanan. Tanur Rabbanan, of course, denotes of Beraita. The Gemara begins with the Beraita to continue in the conversation, the explanation of what took place to Anshe Sedom, the people during the time period of Avraham and Lot. Tanur Rabbanan, Anshe Sedom, about whom we read in the Mishnah, they lost their portion in Olam Haba. Lo nitga'u ela bishvil toba lahem hakadosh baruch Their ge'ut, their pride, and in turn their deflection of any person who uh, came their way, their uh, uh, repealing of any opportunity to do good to another, was all as a result of the goodness which God uh, showered upon them, which God flowed onto them. Uh, how so? Umaketiv bahem. What does it say, for example, about them? We're going to be Doresh, a pasuk from Iov, that says, Eretz mimena yese lahem. They lived in a land where bread came out to them. But in place of that, of course, it was turned into fire. Mekom sapir avanea ve'afrot zahavlo. It's a place where, so to speak, the... Uh, the ground, the dirt, was turned into or was had the opportunity to be for them gold. And the Pasuk says, furthermore, Nativ lo yeda'o ayit velo shesafatu en ayah lo hedrichua b'nei shachat lo ada'alav shachal. And the Pesukim described the goodness that they had in the land and the description in the eyes of the Hachamim is Sedom. And in fact, the Torah alludes to this when Lot raises his eyes he sees in Sedom kikulah mashke. He sees in it fertile land, which means to say the Torah is describing Sedom as being a fertile, prosperous, easy to work land. Says the Gemara. Well, that's exactly what their downfall was. Says the Gemara. Ameru. They said. If we live in a land where bread comes from the ground, where we can bring the dirt to gold and so forth, why do we need passerbys who will only diminish, who will only take away from the status and greatness of our land? The only reason people are passing by, the only reason uh, we have this opportunity to do for others, effectively all they're going to do is take away from that which we have. Uh, they'll only take away from our wealth. Let's, as a result, get rid of the concept of passerbys, of legs that are foreign to our land. Let's make certain that nobody comes to visit us any longer. We get to keep our land and enjoy it on our own, say, as the Pasuk perhaps alludes to furthermore in Eov, Paratz Nahal Me'im Gar. Pasuk describes a God springing forth or breaking forth a Nahal, Rashi explains that that Nahal is the Nahal of Gofrit Vamelach, of Serefa Kolarza. God, so to speak, uh, rushes down this river of destruction upon them. And the Pasuk describes in that context. Who was it upon? It was those who were nishkachim mineragel or miniragel. The pasuk describes it's those who were looking to have forgotten legs from their land. They didn't want anyone bothering them. They weren't interested in diminishing their wealth, wealth in order to help others. 
Now that's the conversation, that's the concept of the Hachamim with regards to Anshei Sedom. It was their independent wealth and stability, which in turn said to them, had them say to themselves, let's get anyone away from here. It's not per se, it seems to be, that they were inherently evil. It's that they were trying to hold on to their own stature. So they were all trying to preserve their wealth and not have it diminished by anyone else. Darash Rava. Rava goes further with regards to the derashot and the pesukim about Anshei Sedom. May dechtiv, what does it mean when the pasuk says, Ad ana tehotetu al ish terasehuku lichem kekir natui gader hadehuya. The pasuk describes killing or having killed and murdered the person. And then it mentions a, a leaning wall and it mentions a rickety fence. What's the description in that pasuk? Melamed, this is a pasuk, explains Rava about Anshe Sedom, Shahayu Notnim Enehem Mamun. It's not only that they wanted to repel, to keep away passerbys, they also wanted to claim more wealth for themselves. They saw themselves as the bearers of good fortune. Anytime they saw someone with money, they looked to get him. To Counts upon him. So how so? Natnu anehim mamon. If they notice someone who had a lot of money, moshivinoto etzel kirnatui, they'd walk him through and have him stand next to a rickety, a, a leaning wall, which would potentially fall on him anyway. Vidochinoto alav, and as they were walking by, they'd push it over him. Vinotlinet mamonon, they take that person's money. It doesn't need to be in the physical sense, although it seems to be described that way by Rava. It describes uh, taking advantage of people that they saw, and, and I think you have to couple this with the statement from earlier, they saw themselves as the center of it all. In other words, why is that person's money theirs? Because they belong with all the money. They shouldn't be involving others with it, and if they see another person with it, well, they're rightfully taking that which should be theirs by killing him off. How'd they do it? In a very stealth and sneaky fashion, by having him walk under this uh, rickety, shaky uh, area, pushing it upon him. Darash Rava, Rava has further what Anshe Sedom perhaps would do. Darash Rava, my dichtiv, what does it mean? This next pasuk from Iov, Hatar bachoshech batim yomam hitemu lamo lo yade'u or. It describes Hatar, Hatar is tunneling in, is that uh, breaking into someone's home or cellar at night, but the pasuk describes how they didn't see light, how this was all done in the darkness. And again, it's a derasha about Anshe Sedom, how so melamecha yunotinim enehem be mamon. Again, they'd be looking out, scouting, they had their radar set on, people who had money. What they would do is they would, uh, again, in a, uh, in a dishonest way, they'd walk up to that person and say, we have a present for you. What's the present? A parsimon. What's a parsimon? Balsam? Is that what it is? I think it's a, the, what? Uh, all right, if you say so. I thought it's a type of oil of some sort. Regardless, it's something that smells good. Uh, that's balsam. It's not a fruit, is it? Anyway, they would bring it... That's parsimon. But what's the translation in your book? A fragrance. Good. So they would give something that smelled good. That's what's significant for us. They would give something that smelled good to the person. And that wealthy person would in turn store that parsimon in their storehouse with their 
uh, with their uh, valuable goods. In other words, this was something that smelled good. They would turn to that as a uh, something of value. They'd put it together with um, anything else in their safe, let's say. La'erev, in the evening, keep in mind, this had a, a, a smell which you'd be able to detect. The people of Sedom would show up at that person's home when he's unexpecting, when he can't see. And they'd be smelling, again in the evening, tunneling into the person's home, smelling like a dog. As the Pasuk says, The Pasuk describes how they would smell out during the evening uh, and uh, surround the city. So it means they would go and uh, steal from the person, they'd steal, they'd rob the person of, that posse- of their possessions. How would they get to it instead of directly uh, uh, engaging in commerce, instead of putting a gun to the person's head and demanding the money, they had this sneaky fashion within which they would get the person's money. Now the Gemara just cites several pesukim unexpectedly, uh, in- inexplicably. The Gemara cites several pesukim, all which talk about terrible interpersonal encounters. What seems to be the purpose of citing these in the Gemara, although it's never explained, is that the Hachamim are envisioning these as relevant to Anche Sedom as well. Each one of these in their own way describe doing wrong to people who don't, do, don't deserve it, uh, seeking and searching for the other person's money and uh, grabbing it from them in an unexpected, stealthy uh, fashion. Says the Gemara onward, Darash Rabbi Yoseh Besipori. Rabbi Yoseh, who lived in Sipori, we learned about that on Dafyotet, we saw that that's where Rabbi Yoseh lived. He was giving the Derasha in his city, in his town, and uh, the Derasha was about this issue. He described how the robbers, or how the people of Sidom would steal from others by giving them this afar simon, maybe they had mahluk about what it meant, and uh, they placed it in the uh, storehouse where they kept their other values, and this is what Rabbi Yoseh was describing to them. What's that? It was the first tracking de- device of sorts, yeah, in, in a negative way. Says the Gemara, that night, that night, there were 300 uh, tunneling ins that, uh, in Sipori. In other words, people who heard the Derasha were inspired to steal and had a method uh, with which uh, they could uh, effectively do so. In Sipori, after hearing from Rabbi Oseh, the tradition, the description of the rabbis as to how they did it in Sidom. Atu, the next morning, it sounds like, or the next day, they gave a hard time to Rabbi Oseh. They said to him, Amrule, they said to the rabbi, Yahavit or Look what you did. You gave a pathway. You gave a direction for robbers. We now have uh, we now have thievery rampant in our city because of you, Rabbi. It's your fault. Amar lehu. He responds to them. Did I know that uh, robbers were going to be present at my uh, my class? I thought I was giving a class to people who were righteous. Rashi has a different nosach. Did I know that? You are robbers. In other words, he's uh, effectively accusing the people who are complaining to him as being part of the plan. Either way you slice it, it's a 
uh, it's an ironic tale, which is uh, unfortunately all too relevant to people in uh, leadership positions. You sometimes say something assuming you're innocuously passing over a message, whereas others are interpreting it and in turn blaming you for doing so. Be careful with your words when you speak publicly. Ki kanach says the Gemara, when Rabbi Yosef passed away, however, the gutters of Sipore were flowing with blood. For what reason? Well, it's not fully explained. Rashi says, Adam Gadol Hava, he was an important person. What does this have to do with our Gemara? Rashi says, once we were talking about Rabbi Yosef, we're explaining to Rabbi Yosef, lived in Sipore, and the blood, so to speak, the, the collective mourning of the people was as a result of uh, his death. Alternatively, there is a, a, a version to the Gemara which is suggested is those bl- that blood was as a result of retribution to the people. They didn't want to bury him after death. They didn't want to treat him with respect because they still had claims against the rabbi that he brought forth this thievery to their city. So in a certain respect, there was blood which was signifying the blood that was on their hands for not properly treating Rabbi Yosef. Might remind you of the derasha we had a long time ago, earlier in the Perek about Zechariah. If you recall, Zechariah, the bubbling of the blood because the people hadn't rightfully dealt with him. They hadn't treated him in the appropriate way. It was, uh, it was blood that was on their hands. So too over here, perhaps that's the punchline, final line with regards to the BOC. It says the Gemara, um, this is what they used to say in Sidon. And we have a lot of crazy and out of this world descriptions of uh, ridiculous claims and thoughts and procedures that they had in Sidon in order to decredit people, in order to take people's money in the wrongful fashion. So just strap up. I mean, what you could do, and many of them, is find parallels to today, which some of them are stri- striking and, and uh, you know, shocking. Amre says the Gemara, Di'it le had Torah mar'eh had yoma, delet le They had a principle, they had a rule in Sidom, and it went like this. If you have one ox, it's your job to graze and to deal with the oxen of all the people of the city one day. All right, that's fair enough. Well, we have a collective uh, agreement. It's what, if you have no oxen, however, then it's your responsibility to do for two days. Now that's, that's backward. If you tell me everyone needs to have their hand in it, or if you only have one, uh, so maybe we'll say you have a, a, a one-day or a two-day responsibility. If you have none, you're going to have more of a responsibility than the person who has an ox. The person who has an ox has to tend to his ox anyway. You have to de- deal with your property anyway. So I have to deal with my property. And you say to me, you have to deal with others as well. If a person doesn't have, they're already vulnerable. You're taking advantage of them and saying, in your vulnerable state where you would have off to make money, to, to be pr- productive in some other uh, field, Instead, we're placing upon you double what the people who already have that money that's taking advantage of the people who don't have. Says the Gemara, here's what happened. There was the vulnerable of the vulnerable. It was a uh, widow, it was, excuse me, the child of a widow who was orphaned. As a child born with and, and living with nothing. Or maybe it wasn't a child, maybe it's an adult at this point. They handed him, because it sounds like he had nothing, uh, the oxen to, to, do, uh, to do grazing with them. 
Sounds like you had the two-day shift. Azal shaklinu vekatlinu. He takes all the oxen of the people. He gathers all the wealthy people of Sedom who have uh, good lands and, I guess, fat animals, and he slaughters all those animals on his days. Amar lehu, he turns to them, I guess, at the conclusion of his grazing period. He says, itle Torah nishkol had mashcha. He says, here's how it's going to work. A person who had... Uh, a single ox, he can take one uh, piece of hide. He could take some of the skin, one piece of skin. Deletle Torah, any person who didn't have an ox, here's what he can take. Nishkol tere mashche, he can take two pieces of hide. Uh, but wait a second, amrule my hide. They said to him, well, what is this? What's that? The, 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 the Yatom, the son of the Almana, who slaughtered and then I guess worked out or is dealing with the hides of the animals, turns to the people after the animals are dead. He says, oh, I have something for you. If you had an ox, you could have a piece of uh, skin. If you didn't, you could have two, which of course is the opposite of what it should be. But they're going to turn to him and say, no, they say to him right now, my high, that's not fair. To which he responds to them, well, What's that? He's getting two. Now again, they say it's not fair. Their logic was illogical. They had no logic. And he's pushing that, he's pushing that in their face. He didn't work. Yeah, all right. Says the Gemara, Amru Indeed, we're seeing it and feeling it very much so. Yeah, but they don't want a collective issue. If we need it, if we need a pitch in, we take the goods, not you. I mean, he's he's playing with them. Amru le, Morris is referring to the Mishnah Navot. Amru le, my high. So what is this? Amar lehu sof dina kitchilat dina. This is the final judgment, the law at the end when the animals are dead will be the same, or should be identical to the way it began. The same way I'm telling you. It was ridiculous initially, it should be ridiculous now. But effectively, the way he says to them is, whatever the purpose of this system was initially, that if you don't have anything, you have to put in more, you have to lose more in, other, in order so that I'm uh, giving wealth to others, so too it should be now. Says the Gemara, uh, onward, what else, uh, what other uh, types of matters did they have over there? Uh, okay, so he finishes the comp. itle Torah, mar'e had yoma, deletle tore, mar'e tere yoma. Af, softina, di itle had Torah, lishkol had, deletle Torah, lishkol tere. So again, so the Gemara concludes his statement that it's the same way it began. A person who didn't have had to do double, a person who did have just got single. That's the way we're going to end it. The person who doesn't have gets double hides. The person who does has single hides. Says the Gemara, furthermore, this is what took place in Sodom. If there was a, a, a river passing that you needed to walk over, they had small rafts with which you could uh, pass through. It was a service. You had to pay for the service. In order to get, get across the river, get across the, uh, uh, I don't know, sea with a small raft, you'd pay a single zoos. But what if you said to yourself, I don't want to pay, I don't have the money to pay, I'm going to walk through the water, I'll wade through the water, I'll swim through the water. They take advantage again of the vulnerable and you'd have to pay double, but I don't have the money to pay one, I just want to get through. You know, it was you don't want to pay the toll, you want to take the bridge instead of the tunnel, instead of taking the bridge, instead of that, that, that you get double payment. What do you mean double payment? I'm doing it because I don't have the money or I don't want to pay the money right now. They take advantage of the vulnerable. In this, furthermore, says the Gemara, they were very crafty and very smart with regards to taking advantage of other people's money. And so if a person was putting out his, um, his bricks, 
Livnear bricks. So he had a row of bricks. So he had just constructed, he had just crafted some bricks. It was maybe in construction, whatever it was, he had his bricks. Now the halakha is if you steal pachot mishave peruta, you don't need to return it. If you steal less than a certain minimal amount of value, so it's not considered thievery in the, in the strict legal sense. So you'd have these bricks out. Now today I imagine bricks cost more than a shave peruta. But the imagination over here is that the bricks were less than shave peruta. I'm a person of Sidom, and the word is out. That guy's crafting bricks. Everybody would walk by. Everyone would walk by and grab a brick. Why are you grabbing my brick? This is, I'm not stealing anything, am I? I'm allowed to take this. No, but wait a second, that's wrong. No, I'm allowed to. Can you now find such a reality today? That was, there it, oh, that's right. Oh, in the, in, the, in the stores today. There you go. We're back to Sidom. Amar ana hadad shakle de tome. It says the Gemara, ana hadad shakle. So it says, I'm just taking mine. It says the Gemara, de havashade tome. O samche oto. Atuko had had shakil. Hada says the Gemara onward. If you were um, putting out tome uh, and samche, Rashi says tome is uh, we're dealing with garlic or onions. You're placing your garlic or onions maybe to dry them. You're shoteach, Rashi says. And uh, what, what again? So it's the havashade. Again, I'm sorry. Amale anahada deshakle. Period. I'm taking one for myself. Now the Gemara continues with the next. This is bad people. That's quite the, that's exactly the point. Everything they were doing was either evading law, doing it at night, or doing it within the law system. That's, that's what's taking place. That's the description of Anshe Sidom. Ra'im ve'chata'im ladunai me'od does not mean they were putting guns to each other's heads and grabbing the money. Quite the opposite. They were walking around as if they were righteous. They had rule systems. They had situations where they'd explain it to you, but it was all backward and it was all a way of taking advantage of the person who didn't have or taking advantage of even the person who did have. If there was uh, uh, onions or garlic that was being... Uh, out uh, to uh, to dry off, they do the exact same thing. Every person would walk by and grab. Oh, I could use some uh, onion for my soup. I could use some garlic for my uh, I don't know, chicken or whatever. And you you uh, take it. You'd explain yourself. I'm just taking one. I'm not stealing. I'm, not, I'm just taking what I'm able to take. Says the Gemara onward, imagining what it was like there in Sidom. Again, the backward society where in a law system was put together. And keep in mind, there was a law system. We even know this from the Torah. Lot was Bishar Hayir. And the fact that he was in the uh, gate of the city, we know, Rashi tells us, but we know it already. He was a Dayan because that's where they used to put Betin in any city, not Jewish cities. There was no Jews at that time. But cities used to have their court at the entrance to the city. So you had that even in Sedom. What type of court system was this? A backward one. A one where we're envisioning because of Kulah Mashke, because of the success and the prosperous nature of that land and of the people, they were backward in term, terms of ethics and morality. Not just bad people, they were wicked people with regards to looking to bend the system or to, uh, in a sneaky way, take advantage of people. Arba dayane hayu We imagine four types of judges 
or four, four judges who uh, were in the court system in Sodom. Who were they? Shakra'e ve liars and the liars of the liars. Those were two types of judges. Or zayafeh, that means forgers. So you had, uh, you had uh, judges who would forge. Umasledina, and those who were crooked and would uh, tilt uh, and bend the law. Four types, effectively all the same thing. You had liars, liars of the liars, forgers, and those who would twist the law. Here's the ridiculous nature of these judges and the system. If a person um, uh, hit, itita means a, a woman, isha, dehavre, the wife of his friend, umaplale, and in turn he caused a miscarriage. So if a person, uh, for some ridiculous reason, smacked or even inadvertently did it to a woman and caused miscarriage, amrele, they'd say to that person uh, whose wife had the miscarriage, yahavani hala. Uh, take your wife and give it to that man. Hazid, look what he did to you. He caused the miscarriage in your wife. Here's what you should do. Give your wife to him. And in turn, he'll impregnate your wife and we'll bring this back to the way it should be. And it's ridiculous. Uh, your child was, in, uh, was, 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 was being born by your wife. It was a miscarriage. And said, okay, so let him now. Uh, so you'd have a corrupt system in which he now has uh, stakes in, in your wife. For example further, if a person cut off the ear of the hamor, of the donkey of another. So I walk up to your donkey, cut off the ear, and you bring me to court, the havre of his friend. Amrule, what they would say to him is, havani hale ad de kadha de havani hale ad de kadha. What you should do, what, what they would say is to him is, havani hale, you should, uh, you should, I'm sorry, give the donkey back to him until his ear uh, goes back. So it goes like this. You turn to the person whose donkey's ear was cut off, give Havani Hale, give your donkey to the person who cut off the ear of it until the ear now grows back, which is ridiculous. I took advantage of you by cutting the ear off, by maiming your animal. The animal now is in my possession because we feel bad for you, the judges say to you. We don't want you to have that maimed animal. Give it to him until he nurses it back. Of course, he takes full advantage of the situation. There was the appeal of wealth. There was the I, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that, great point. And I'll say, you, you always feel, you always look at the circumstance and situation and say to yourself, but I'll, I'll game the system. I'm stronger and smarter than him. Thank you, Morris. Morris always makes it real for us. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I, what I can tell you, ab- above and beyond anything, it's, it's just human nature. Keep in mind, Lot, Lot, as the Torah seems to describe to us before going to Sidom, he raises his eyes and he sees it, and it's Ke'eretz Misraim Bo'achasor, that's what the Pasuk says, he sees it like Egypt. He had just been from Egypt, Lot knows Egypt. Now Egypt had very fertile lands as well, but what did Abraham and Lot experience in, in Egypt? In Egypt, the wife of Abraham, yes, he says, it's my sister, but the wife of Abraham is grafted, 
seized from him because he knows if I say it's my wife, they'll kill me. Which, by the way, is backwards as well. They'd kill me because they're not going to sleep with an Eshet Ish. So in order to take the wife in Egypt, they'll kill off. Lot knows the system. It's not as if he doesn't know what he's getting into, but he's just enamored by the system which has so much wealth. He remembers Egypt. He remembers the easy, good life over there. Yes, with the backward morals, ethics, and, and society that it had, and that's what he wants over here. He thinks he'll rise to the top. The padah le lehavre. If a person, as she says, does a peza, he bruises his friend. Amre le havle agra de shakilach dama. They would say to him, pay him. What do you mean? Who, who pays whom? The one who was bruised has to pay the person who bruised him. For what reason? Because he t- let blood from you. Of course, letting blood was once a way of, uh, of, of the health system. If a person had a fever, you would let their blood. So they'd say, hey, you see, you got a lucky day for you. The guy bruised you, and as a result, blood came out of you. You owe him money. I owe him money. He bruised me. He, uh, he hurt me. No, you owe him money because of the status that he put you in. He let blood for free. The abad b'mabra, back to that situation, we'll just repeat it with different numbers. If a person was going on that raft across the river, if you were on the raft paying for the service, you paid the standard amount, the four zuzeh. If you were going in the water, you'd have to pay double. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous until you realize it's a way of taking advantage of the person who doesn't have. You don't have. You have no way of getting across. No, I'll swim across. No, you have to pay more if you do it that way. Zimna hada, one time it happens, says the Gemara, there was a launderer who happened to pass through Sedom. They said to him, Have pay the four Zuzeh for getting across the river in the Mabra, in the small raft. He says to them, I'd rather not. Instead, I'm going to go through the water. I don't need it. I'll pass on the service. Let me just go through the water. They said to him, Instead, you'll have to pay um, uh, eight. Because you're going through the water. That's ridiculous. He wouldn't pay. So here's the individual trying to fight the law, trying to say this is a ridiculous system, it's unfair. They beat him up and he comes in front of the judges and says, I was beaten up over this ridiculous, corrupt system where you're trying to take my money, where I don't want your service. Amarle says the judge to this person, keep in mind, who was supposed to pay double, who didn't, who was beaten up, and we know the punchline now, you were beaten up and bruised, have le agra, uh, pay the uh, per- people who beat you up uh, their reward, de shakilach dama, because they gave you a free service of letting your blood. And furthermore, tamnaya zuzeh, de avarat bimaya, and furthermore, pay the double pay, uh, the fee of eight zoos because you went through the water. Uh, says the Gemara, but there was someone who was able to game the system of a system which was gaming people. It was Eliezer Eved Avraham. Now, of course, this is the contrast to it all. This is the logical, rational system where people understand that's a wrongful way of treating others. Uh, there's a system of La'asot Sedaqah Mishpat, Erech That's the Eliezer Eved Avraham. Eliezer Eved Avraham, the Gemara imagines as well that Eliezer, the slave of Avraham, he happened to have been passing by. He had to be in Sodom. What happened was he was beaten up. He goes in front of the judge and the judge says, pay the amount that you need to pay Eliezer because he took your blood. He let your blood. What he does is he beats up the judge. 
Why is he beating up the judge? Amar, my high, the judge says, what are you doing? What, why did you just beat me up? Why do I have a bruise? I was telling you, you have to pay. Says Eliezer, let's make this simple. Amar le agrad nafikli minach. The fact that you owe me money now, I owe you money, that's right. I let your blood judge. Instead of paying me, have nihale lehai, pay that person who I, you told me, I owe the money to because he let my blood in, but my blood, and my money should stay in my pocket. So effectively, Eliezer, using logic, beats the system. He turns to the judge and he says, now that you owe me money, instead of paying me money, it's all right. You hold on to it, but pay the person to whom I owe money. Uh, they had a, uh, a bed in Sedom upon which uh, the orchin, the, the guests, would be magne. Uh, to, to be gane in Aramaic means to sleep. They would have a special bed, I guess, that they gave to guests who would sleep on this bed. Uh, now the Gemara imagines uh, what this was like. I mean, you're not actually hosting people in a, in a pleasurable fashion. You're not actually helping them out. Instead, and here's more than anything how I understand this statement, you need to fit our size. If you're passing through Sodom, you go by our rules. We're not looking to you. We're not looking to fit into your system. A person who has a certain act of resha, a person who has a certain wicked uh, flair to them might appear to be a person who's hospitable. But if you don't fit into their system, then, uh, then the, any has, uh, hospitality is all lost. The difference between a person who's a true Gomer Chesed and another uh, is a person who looks to fit into your system. So here's the bed, and imagine it through that prism. It's a bed, and if you didn't fit the bed, says the Gemara, if you were too tall for the bed, too long, gayazle, they would cut off part of your body. Now, of course, that's a ridiculous claim and ridiculous description. More than anything, it's describing you needed to fit our bed. What if you were too small for the bed? It was a large bed. It was a six-foot bed, and you were five feet. Ki gavats matchinle. They'd stretch you out. Again, the description, more than anything, is describing to us what it means to do good for another. To do good for another means you craft the bed that fits their size, as opposed to you craft them to fit your bed. Says the Gemara onward, um, uh, 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 sorry, okay, Eliezer, thank you, I'm sorry, the, 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 the middle uh, size line, Eliezer, Eved Avram, Ikla Lahatam, Eliezer, the slave of Avram, was visiting there, Sedom, Amru Kum Gane Apurya. Fadal, our honorable and distinguished guest, please get up and sleep on this bed. Amar Lehon, he either white lies them or he tells them the truth. Nadra, nadre min yomad mitat ima. I have a swear, a vow, I have a swear from the day that my mother died. La ganina apurya, I won't sleep on a bed. So again, here's Eliezer knowing and realizing this is not a simple, hospitable uh, um, uh, approach from the people of Sodom. They seem so well-intentioned, telling me to lie in the bed. I know better than that. So he says to them, I have a swear, I don't lie in beds. I haven't lay, laid in a bed. I lie on the floor instead of in a bed since my mother passed away. When poor people would pass through and collect in Sidom, every person would pay a coin. They'd give a dinar, but they'd write their name on that coin. That's strange. Why am I getting a coin with, my, with your name on it? 
But then you'd use those coins and enter into the shop, into the market, nobody would give you bread. Nobody would accept. They looked at the coins, they knew these were the marked coins. These were the coins with the people's names on them. They wouldn't give you. What does it have to do with anything? As a result, this poor person who can't understand why nobody will sell them anything, who's spending days and nights in Sodom, hoping tomorrow he'll get something for his money. When the poor person would die because there was starvation, you weren't going to be able to buy anything. You couldn't eat anything. You weren't going to be able to live. Everybody would show back up at this person's, I don't know, hut or wherever his lodgings were and grab their coin, put it back in their pocket, which means to say every time a poor person would pass through with a broad smile on their face, they'd give you a coin. The coin had their name on it. They had no intention of you being able to use it. They were instead showing one face, whereas in reality, uh, exerting a, a flair and a, and a demeanor of, of, of wickedness. Says the Gemara, the Choshakil Dideh. Uh, okay, let's uh, stop here. But let's, before, uh, uh, yeah, let's stop here. We'll continue tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.